I think we really got something here. It's like, no, that's not a thing. You gotta tell them that you ate your ex. We are some creative guys. Are we about to kiss? No. Hello and welcome back to the Everything Must Go podcast. I am Steven and with me as always is Brandon. I'm now officially a pointing guy on every single episode. I signed up for it on episode number 128. I'm calling your bluff. There you go ahead call my bluff. I don't think you're going to do it every episode. Yeah, you're right. I probably won't. I'll forget that I even had this conversation. Um, <laughs> guys, it's been a while since we did uh, an episode for us. Uh, we haven't actually recorded an in-person episode probably like three weeks because mm-hmm. we did a we did a double episode and then we took a vacation week. So it's been a while, and then this got pushed back a couple of days. So this is going to come out on probably Thanksgiving now. Which remember we did that Thanksgiving episode last year. I think it was. I think we took Thanksgiving off last year, but it was two years ago. I think that we. No, it was the it was the episode we had Angela on was the Thanksgiving episode last year, twenty nineteen. Was it? Mm-hmm. Oh, that yeah, episode was so garbage. <laughs> 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 Love to hear it. Check it out. Oh, it's really great. Don't yeah. check it out. It's Go not back, worth it. Listen to it. Highlight moment. We had a lot of uh, issues. We didn't. The video didn't show up. That's okay though. It, yeah, it was. The video didn't work. I think there were some. If I remember in editing it, there were some audio bugs, and then also um, there were a couple times where I felt like our wonderful guest Angela the King was very depressed, <laughs> and it was. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Angela, for calling you out, but I feel like it was sort of like, all right, uh, where do we go from? <laughs> hey, it from happens. Here. It happens. Not every day is uh, a happy day. And no, honestly, that's true. Honestly, with with Thanksgiving upon us here, we do want to take a little bit of time to talk about some things we're thankful for, and also some things that we're kind of just like not so thankful for. And we're kind of pissed off about. I think the a great part about the podcast is being able to vent about things that are going on. In our life, like maybe sometimes as recent as that week. So that's one of the things we're going to talk about is just how we kind of feel in terms of being thankful. Like with Thanksgiving here in a very weird year, how do we feel about that? I know I feel very weird because I don't think I've ever missed a Thanksgiving with family. Ever. That I can remember. I might be forgetting one, but that's that's a long track. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're going to have Thanksgiving with me. We're family. We're the closest thing to family. That we're know, family. We're, we're brothers. <laughs> <laughs> we're pretty much family. Uh, what else are we going to talk about in today's episode? Uh, well, well, we need to catch up first and yeah. foremost. Like, at, not only have we not done a podcast episode, so we need to catch you guys up. Um, if you know from the past three weeks, but also we haven't really hung out a lot. No, honestly, we've we've in the last month we have not hung out much at all. I mean it. let's be honest there's a lot of restrictions there's not a lot to do so the fact we haven't hung out has been very frustrating but you know there was we have both had uh covid scares at one point so we both got covid tested we both tested negative so that was great um but yeah there's been a lot going on so i guess who who wants to start you want to start this one well i i do want to ask you really quick because you brought up the covid test Mm -hmm. uh how did you like the way that I told you I tested negative? I uh, wasn't the biggest fan, but it's not a surprise. <laughs> that you that way. Yeah. I told them I'm positive that I'm negative. Yeah. I mean, I didn't. <laughs> totally ex- original. No one's ever thought yeah, of it. I didn't expect anything different. So, like, yeah, no, I, I just figured that's how you were going to do it. Um, as, as far as catching up, you can go first. Okay. You're, you're the first. man of the hour. Great. I'll go first. Well, so the last time we recorded – was what around the was around the election? What was it? A little bit before, a little bit after? Can't remember. Somewhere in that general range, a little bit after, right? I think so. No, I don't think we record. Did we record before? I honestly don't know. <laughs> Anyone who does know, let us know because I at the time of this recording, I have no idea. But somewhere in that general range. Because I feel like we would have talked about it. I don't think we talked about it, did we? Well, there's a new president. There's there's some well. Maybe a new president. We still got to figure out if Trump is going to win this uh, this uh, fraud, voter fraud situation, which is just continues to go on and on. Wait, I've, no, I, he, I I think that he's given the the go ahead for them to start the transition process. Uh, not as of what I watched, literally like a few hours ago. 
I thought that same thing. And then I'm uh, I'm on YouTube, and all of a sudden I get a live stream. It was like a Fox live stream that was uh, going. So I clicked on it, and I, I started like, reading. I was like, is there something going on here? So like, I read Trump's making some tweets about how like Pennsylvania was voter fraud. And yeah, there was a whole, like, I don't know. I don't know what it what it was exactly that I was watching, but Trump just went on and on about voter fraud, about how he won by the most votes. He got way more votes than Ronald Reagan, who won 49 states when he ran for president. So, yeah, there's... Well, he's saying that, but I think that he's still agreeing to transition, though. He's still fighting. He's definitely still fighting. Mm. Uh, he might he might be uh, agreeing to transition, but I think he's going to keep fighting it. That's my guess. Yeah, okay. So, anyways, you're... We'll your life <laughs> uh yeah so my life uh it's been a not super fun stretch i had a COVID scare I, I i talked about this in a live show recently about how uh i had a panic attack in my sleep recently which was really scary uh i was um i have definitely not been in like feeling the best since then like i've had to recover definitely because uh i've just been under a lot of stress so it's been a i, I think I think all of us are under more stress than normal, just given what's going on in the world. Like that's a given. And there was just like a lot of things that really started to build. And I was not giving myself enough breaks. I I tend to like overwork things. So, uh, yeah. So I had that happen. Uh, I've been like playing video games and to try to do things to relax. I feel like probably 95% back to normal. But I definitely have had like a lower energy level recently. Um, in the process, though, I beat Mario 64, got all 120 stars. I'm a, I'm getting close to um, facing the final Bowser in Mario Galaxy, so I'm making some progress there. I've also uh, uh, I I put out my uh, apartment tour video. So the time that this episode drops, it probably came out like the day before. So I was excited that you know I'm I'm back at it again. But I had a little uh, little bit of a stretch where I was a little freaked out because I don't have, like, I never have gotten panic attack before, and I don't normally deal with that. So what I've learned is uh, pay attention to your, like, like if, if something feels wrong, go to the doctor. Like, definitely, even though we're all a little uneasy because of, like, COVID and everything else, like, you still got to take care of your mental health and your physical health. I feel like we've paid a lot of attention to mental health this year like there's been a, a major focus but like don't also neglect your physical health if something physically feels wrong definitely go to the doctor because i did not know that stress could put such a toll on my body yeah no, that's a really good point and i think it is one that uh can't you can't take it for granted and um i think that's one of the tough things about even uh dealing with this pandemic and the situation is it feels like there's like no other option but to just let your mental health uh, go out the window because you have no other op- there is no other option um, but I think that uh, I think we talked about like this situation is a good learning experience for you like in a situation where maybe your body's not doing well and you can't work out you might need to develop better coping skills so that you're not as dependent on working out to deal with things or whatever, because your body is not always going to be as young and fresh and agile as it is. So I don't know. It's uh, there, I think there are a lot of things that we can learn from this situation. It's not ideal, but I am really happy that you're okay. Um, I was a little nervous just, uh, you know, when we talked about it, I, I, I was hoping, I mean, you seem healthy. I was hoping that everything was going to be okay. But until you get that certainty, it's it's like, oh, what what's going to happen here? Um, so I was really happy to hear that uh, you're doing good. And also really happy that we both got uh, negative tests for COVID because that was part of the reason why we hadn't hung out in a little bit was, um, especially with Stephen's uh you know, health thing that he wanted to be cautious of and pay attention to was like, okay, well, I personally need to make sure that I'm clear of COVID because if you're dealing with this and then I were to uh, give it to you by us hanging out or something, that would be awful. Yeah, bad combo. Yeah, so getting that test and clearing that was was really nice. In terms of me and what I've been up to, um. Geez, let me think. Well, I went to, 
I t- I did a little road trip. Um, I went down to Nashville, uh, which I I used to live in Nashville uh, just for a day, and uh, did some exploration of uh, of the old city the the spots that I used to live in and then uh went to Atlanta and uh did some stuff there world of coca-cola which is pretty cool um rode some scooters around the city of Atlanta I actually got to ride outside the CNN building like their headquarters or whatever and there were a bunch of Trump um supporters that were protesting outside of the CNN studios um which was it was so fucking condescending we like I, I pulled up in the scooter and we just started like watching them. And one of the people is like, Oh, it's okay. You can go through here. No one's going to hurt you. And it's like, <laughs> we didn't think anyone was going to hurt us. Right. We're just like looking at what's happening. All right. <laughs> and then as we were riding by them, someone's like, yeah, only the Democrats hurt you. <laughs> it's just like, all right, dude, whatever. <laughs> um, and then, what do we do after that? Um, got some authentic Atlanta cuisine, Applebee's, Buffalo. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we I don't even know what Atlanta. What's what is the cuisine in Atlanta? Uh, I mean, just like it wasn't like there's specific Atlanta cuisine. Atlanta it's just pizza. like yeah, Atlanta pizza. <laughs> um, there were just like certain restaurants. We actually did get a pizza that was incredible. There It was like this margarita pepperoni pizza. We got to go to Atlanta now. Just yeah, yeah, just for the pizza. <laughs> it was so good. The sauce was incredible. Um, and, yeah, so there were, like, a couple kind of hipstery markets that we went to. And uh, World of Coca-Cola, by the way, very underwhelming. Um, I don't know if that's <laughs> – Really? I don't know if that's just because of COVID. What I do know is, like, I think they're the thing that really sells people on the world of Coca-Cola is you get to taste test a bunch of different of their products at the mm-hmm. end, but yeah. you can't do that as much now because of COVID because you have to like wait in a line and they have little Dixie cups for you as opposed to you going up and filling up a big cup and stuff. So, but yeah, it was like, it was pretty much just an hour long advertisement for Coca-Cola. There was this time where we went into this vault and it was like the secret formula for Coca-Cola is in this vault. If you want to take a picture of it, go right ahead. Otherwise, step out this door. <laughs> it's just like, oh, wow, I just looked at a vault. Um, drove to Atlanta. Yeah, it was an, an actual road trip. Um, and then uh, we drove all the way back from Atlanta at the end of it. So it was on an 11-hour drive. That's brutal. It was brutal. I've, I've never driven. The longest drive I've ever done is eight hours. It was it was tough. I, I've done a longer drive. I've done a 14-hour drive from Tennessee to uh, Minnesota when I moved. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it was a tough drive, but we made it back safe and sound. And then um, – after that, what what have I been up to? Oh, I've I've been um, really focusing on my gaming stuff lately because um, I've just been having so much fun with not only playing games but streaming. So uh, I've been posting videos of that on the Flippin' Gaming channel. I uh, got back to posting some covers. I've posted two in the last two weeks, uh, one of Hazy, which I actually did a collaboration with a person I met through Reddit um her, expect some more of those type of collaborations in the future i hope so i talked to her about doing another one and she was all about it so might be seeing another one of those um soon but uh yeah i uh did that and then i did break even by the script um so excited to kind of get back in the the habit of that i told steven that my goal was to have 50 covers by the end of the year. I'm at 41 right Dude, now. You're putting it on the podcast? Okay. Now I'm, but I'm putting an official. Being held accountable hold me this. accountable, folks. <laughs> hold me accountable. And then, uh, you know, Stephen and I are uh, really excited. Uh, again, I got a COVID test after taking that trip and making sure that I test negative so that um, if I had gotten it during a, a trip like that, uh, we would know and I wouldn't give it to him. So we kind of. I quarantined myself from Steven uh, during that time, got the negative results and, uh, well, positive results in terms of yeah. we're glad yeah, yeah, that yeah, it's yeah. negative. Yeah. <laughs> I'll keep that joke going. Um, but, yeah, uh, did that. And then uh, I think the plan, um, this is going to come out uh, on Thanksgiving. So right now, happy Thanksgiving. 
But I think, are we going to do a live stream for Thanksgiving? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the plan that now that we're, uh, we're hanging out. So we'll do some kind of uh, a live show on my channel. I don't know exactly what that will entail yet. We'll still have to talk about that. In fact, after we record today's episode, we're going to be talking about like what we're going to be doing over the course of the next several days. So. Yeah. Still got some planning to do. Still got some planning to do, but I'm really pumped to be like back hanging out, back doing content stuff. Um, I know that your Chicago Fun Times, you've been doing the Bad Italians, but we've been talking about doing skit videos for that channel. So make sure you check that channel out, and hopefully we're going to have some content coming out for that soon. Also, for my flipping gaming channel, I've been really wanting to get Steven on some videos. I did post old Fortnite videos that him and I had done a while back, but... Uh, you know, if we end up streaming, if we do any games or anything. I'm a really great gamer. So He's a huge gamer, yeah. Definitely got to show Brandon the ropes. <laughs> He's got to show me the real moves, yeah, yeah, yeah. as some may say. So I'm looking forward to that a lot. Yeah, that's – I'm excited to do that because I've been – let's be honest, there's not too much to do right now. Like, video games – I need to relax more. I know that I need to relax more. So video games is kind of helping me relax a bit. So I'm enjoying – the only issue is is that I take video games also really serious because I, I'm just me. I, I'm really competitive. So sometimes I get a little heated, but I'm excited to play some video games over this winter. I mean, we can do it together on Flipping Gaming. It could be nice. Yeah, it would be nice. I think uh, the thing that I've really enjoyed about that content is capturing some of my like, favorite memories with friends growing up because I lived in Minnesota, so half the year you're stuck inside and all you really have to do is play video games. Some of my favorite memories are times of uh, like playing games and something funny happening kind of inadvertently. You're not really, It's not really like putting on a show. It's just I'm having a fun time and our personalities can shine, which I think is perfect for, for us because it's just like people get to see our friendship they'll get to see me kick your ass and things like smash and uh we'll it'll see. just be a, a grand old time well that's the thing that i like a lot about live shows uh is like it's really easy to put out that content because it's just it, it comes very natural you just press live on youtube or whatever platform you're doing it on and then you're just creating very raw content i love that and i know that we talked about this a little bit how it's really easy for you to create gaming content this way. I love, recently what I've been doing is I do my live shows and then I cut them into highlight clips. And it's another way to put out more content because if I'm gonna be doing all these live shows, I wanted to find a way where I can actually like have content that people can watch back later. So I found this to be something that, I've always had the idea of doing this, but I think I'm getting a little bit better at doing it over time. So I, I'm, I, really do, uh, I really do like live content. Yeah, definitely. And I I was actually talking because uh, I've been playing uh, this game called Ashen with uh, a buddy of mine, Always Awful. Um, and we were talking about streaming, and I, I had a recollection of the times that we started uh, live streaming on Instagram, and one person would show up. Oh, yeah. Um, but now to look at – that was back in, what, 2018? Mm -hmm. To look at now, uh, you know, go on YouTube and – there it won't be a surprise if i tune in and you have like 20 plus people you know mm -hmm. tune in your live stream which is pretty cool to to see happen coming from the beginning of that yeah it, it that is a cool feeling that is something that i am um i guess it's sort of a segue that's something that i am very thankful for in 2020 is that we have technology that is that allows us to still do productive things despite the limitations on like the the outside world here like if this was in the 1980s or 1990s or 2000s like there i i don't know what i would be doing during this time i'd probably be playing a lot of video games and i don't know writing a lot like i don't i really don't know i'd still want to do something creative but the fact that i have the ability to still do my youtube channel and put out content i will admit it's it's tough sometimes because it, it like finding the inspiration is a little difficult at this time just because I'm not doing a lot of the things that used to be the backbone to what my YouTube content was about. Uh, but it's been nice that I've been able to grow my channel in a year where I feel like everything else, I, I, I'm kind of just like either staying put or going backwards. Like I can't, I can't move forward, but on YouTube, I've been able to move my channel forward. And though I haven't been able to do it maybe at the pace that I would have liked, this year and being able to do all the things that I, I would have liked to be able to do. I'm just happy that I, I'm still like making a little bit of money off of YouTube and I'm still able to like entertain people. 
Absolutely. And I think uh, finding this passion uh, in a format that uh, you can kind of take advantage of in these times, because a lot of people's passions are probably, um, this is part of the mental health thing. Like some people aren't able to uh, act on their passion um, because of of what we're going through in the world. And uh, that's that's always a really sad thing. So the fact that um, at least uh, some form of it, you know, we can't do everything that we'd want to do. Like the, the vlogs have kind of uh, stalled out a bit, but um, for, for what we can do, I think there are some areas that we can keep our passions alive. And that is, that is really great. One thing I am thankful for is having a family that, um, you know, Stephen mentioned, this will be the first Thanksgiving that uh, he hasn't um, been with family. I, I have done it once before when I lived in Nashville. Um, I didn't go back for Thanksgiving. I only went back for Christmas. Uh, so I've done it before, but I am thankful for having a family who's understanding of, uh, that situation. You know, it doesn't take it personally that I'm not coming back, but also understands the context of, of what's going on and, uh, how you got to kind of limit your variables, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, who you're exposing yourself to and, um, you know, I think it would be a lot more stressful or uh, tough to deal with if my family was really pressuring me or didn't understand why I might not go back or something. So I'm really, really thankful for them being understanding and almost encouraging of like, you know, we'll still be here. And um, it's not like the love is gone between me and my family because I'm not going back for Thanksgiving. So really, really thankful for that. Yeah, I'm definitely I'm thankful for that as well. Like I I went home in October just because I had a feeling that I probably wouldn't want to go back during Thanksgiving because everyone's fear was as the weather got colder that COVID numbers might spike, which is exactly what's happened. So I went back in October. Um, You know, I'm not going home for Thanksgiving this year, obviously, but. I'm going to be able to, once again, like FaceTime my family, which it's another great part about technology that I'm able to do that. But yeah, my, my family is really understanding and cool about things and they're also playing it safe. They're not doing like some big gathering back home. So I'm thankful that everyone in my family seems to be like being calculated about this time of the year. Cause I, I think people should like, now that we've got some positive news about vaccines and there's actually like the chance that in 2021 we can get back to a normal life. I just think it's it's the time to make a little bit of sacrifice because we're we're getting we're getting I, I'm confident that in 2021 things will be better than they are right now. Now, could be wrong, but things are like going in a positive direction. Yeah, I I definitely hope so. And I, I think, uh, you know, I think with COVID uh, specifically not to, to harp on this uh, topic for too long, but I think that um, an encouraging thing about the situation that we're dealing with is this time around with the high numbers, I think we know more about it than like when the pandemic first started. So I guess if there's any (laughs) thoughts that can kind of comfort us, it's the hope that, um, as these numbers go up, maybe we are able to uh, corral what's happening a little better than um, we did before. Uh, again, that's the hope, but we'll we'll see how everything uh, plays out. Anything else that uh, you can think of off the top of your head that you're thankful for this year? Uh, I'm thankful that I made the investment to buy a Nintendo Switch in 2019 because it's really paying dividends in 2020 because it's getting a lot more use than I planned on because I'm not a big gamer, but I, it's really nice, uh, and I'm also thankful that I moved right as the pandemic started because I have a lot more space, a lot nicer apartment, and it's just I don't know. Like I'm I'm also cl- physically closer to Brandon, like where like we're closer in the city to each other, and it's just like it gave me something new and fresh, and like I've enjoyed um, like decorating my apartment. It's just given me something that's been kind of new and cool in 2020. Cause if I was still in the same apartment, I do feel like it would have been a little harder during this time. So I'm definitely thankful that I made that move. Yeah, that's, that is a really good point. I, um, I am glad that you are like just within walk. I mean, I, I walk to your old place too, but, uh, you're, 
you're much closer. So it's just, uh, we feel more like neighbors. Um, even if we technically aren't, I, well, I guess everybody in Chicago, maybe everyone's a neighbor, everyone's a neighbor, dude. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm curious if, do you think that, uh, with the, what is it? Marty Mario 3d all-stars. Is that what the, the game is called? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think that had you not bought a Nintendo switch back in 2019, when they announced that, do you think that you would have pulled the trigger on buying a Nintendo Switch now because of Mario 3D All-Stars? Probably, actually. Yeah, because I, the only the only reason why maybe not is I, I could see a scenario. I really wanted Mario 64, so I could see a scenario where I would have just bought a Nintendo 64 maybe. Because that, that was what I was debating as a Nintendo 64 or a Nintendo Switch. And I opted for the Switch because I felt like I like the idea of newer stuff. Because a lot of times you can still play the older stuff on it. So I said, eh. I think it's more worth my investment to get the Switch, but uh, yeah. Well, and you got to play Mario Odyssey, which you said you really Oh, liked. I love that game. Yeah, it's one of my favorite games ever. Yeah. I love that kind of stuff. There has been some talk about, I mean, it's like almost impossible to get a PS5 at this point, but uh, Steven did ask me if I was going to get one, and I have been tempted. <laughs> I have been tempted because the Spider-Man games look so freaking dope, and, and I just feel like... PlayStation has been coming out with such good exclusives that I like for me, who's uh, the games that I like are really story driven. And like uh, you could even argue that like single player campaign mode games are the ones that really get me when PlayStation's coming out with all these games that do that. Well, I am like really tempted to, to pull the trigger, but I think that I'm getting my, my um, money's worth uh, on, on PC games at this point. So I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Do you think we would stop seeing you if you got a PS5? Yeah. <laughs> Just not even a question. Yeah. <laughs> Just stop seeing me. I'd I'd cut all ties with everybody. Just uh, lose myself in the PS5. Wow. So then I should probably encourage you not to get one. Correct. Okay. All right. Don't get it. Well, if you PS5. value our friendship. And... Okay. Don't get a PS5. <laughs> do something else. Use that money and buy something better. All right. Buy like uh, a guitar or something. A guitar. Could be well, nice. Last time I bought a guitar, it got stolen. Someone broke into my home and stole it. Oh, really? You, know, you never got another one after that? No. That, that literally ended your it was, guitar. Career. It was a bad omen. Dude, I was pretty much Jimi Hendrix, too. <laughs> <laughs> wow. This guy ended the next Jimi Hendrix, pretty much. Wow. <laughs> why, why even steal a guitar? What did they even do with it? Just, like, pawn it off, I guess? They probably did. They probably pawned it. That's the worst funny. thing that they stole was a safe that had my social security card in it. So, my identity was stolen. I'm not actually me. You hate that. Does that how is that how identity theft works? No, it's not how. It works. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I guess I don't know, but I don't think that's how it works. Um, what else am I thankful for? Um, I am thankful to live in the same city as my good old pal Stephen. All right, moved here February first, and although the pandemic has uh, put a little bit of a crutch on our Chicago experience uh, together, it is uh, pretty great that this year was the first time that we've lived close to each other since uh, 2012, um, and. Uh, Again, not being able to take full advantage of it is kind of a bummer, but at the same time, um, you can kind of appreciate, like, if I was going to be in a place during this pandemic, it's pretty nice that I'm in the same place as as uh, my my podcast co-host, my, my great pal, um, and uh, and even though he's allergic to Coda, I'll let it go. Hey, you know. Coda got 400 friend points the other day. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I Sometimes I, I, I've done this thing. Where I'll, I'll be, I made up this thing called friend points. And if my friends ever do something, if they're like, I can't hang out tonight, I'm like, okay, you just gonna deduct 500 friend points. Just, just something to think about. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm gonna lose 500 friend points. And like, it, I don't know. I've always had a lot of fun with this. I've done it with some of my friends where they'll be like, well, how many total friend points do I have? And then I'll say, like, one of the friends has more friend points than someone else. And they're like, well, how do I catch up? <laughs> so it's a good way to get the things that you want from your friends, which. That's something I'm pretty good at doing. So he, uh, so he deducted 400 friend points from me. He's like, "But I'll give you consolation. You get to choose who gets the friend <laughs> points." And I was like, "All right, give him to Coda." <laughs> He's met Coda what twice? Yeah, not many times. So Coda just got a boost for no reason. Yeah, you know, she didn't appreciate it the way I think she should have. As I said, Coda's been a better friend to, in November than you have. <laughs> <laughs> so. If if the standard is friend points, then I guess you're right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what the standard is, as far as I'm concerned, for the month of November. 
Um, you know, it is. It's funny because you say like it. The, the pandemic's put a, a crutch on our Chicago experience, and I'm like, nah, it's put a lot more than that. Like, I think it was gonna be so different if it wasn't for the pandemic in terms of just like what we would be doing. That part is. You know, that part is very discouraging uh, in terms of, like, the 2020 experience. But, you know, I mean, you're right. Ultimately, I'd rather have you here than whatever the other alternative was of me doing 2020. But but you're not here. Yeah. Doesn't sound fun. Well, I think we talked about uh, uh, Imagine. Well, I think it was I, – I was talking to someone recently about, like, what if I had gone through this pandemic living in Rochester – and I wonder if it would have been easier or harder because one of the things when I went through, I think my roughest patch during this pandemic, um, it was after I went to a couple protests and then I self quarantined. And I think part of the reason why it was so hard was now things were opening up. So like we weren't shelter in place and mm. like we could have hung out, but with the chance of me, you know, getting COVID from being at those protests, I decided to self-quarantine. So it was almost like the thing that I wanted to do, which was hang out and keep doing stuff that I haven't been able to do during the shelter in place was right outside the window. I couldn't quite do it. Whereas like in Rochester, I didn't know anybody. So there wasn't even really an option to have a social life. I mean, I guess if I really wanted to try, I could, but it was almost like having the option to do it. But having that option taken away made it harder than uh, being in a place where even if I wanted the option, it wasn't there. Does that make sense? Yeah, no. I mean, I'm a big FOMO person. So for me, being in a situation where I can see everyone else doing things and I'm not doing anything would drive me absolutely crazy. Mm -hmm. I, I would. I mean, that's actually one of the things that is kind of nice as someone who does get a bit of FOMO for me is it's like no one's really doing like anything that's like super exciting right now. It's like we're all kind of in this together in a way. And I guess there's some comfort and that feeling of like, well, what what's everyone else doing that's so exciting? So I I I find some comfort in that. Well, it's weird because I feel like the people that I've talked to, I feel like they haven't. Sometimes I feel like they're they don't pay attention to that perspective. Like I feel like I've talked to so many people who really feel like their problems right now are super unique. Um, and I, this isn't in any way to invalidate it or to say that our our experiences aren't unique within ourselves. But I almost feel like there, one thing that we can take advantage of as a possible consolation is we are all in this at the same time. Like everyone's kind of going through a hard time right now. And uh, like to me, the the reason that brings comfort is like, it's kind of nice when someone understands what you're going through. It's kind of nice when you're able to talk to someone who's went, who's gone through the same thing. Um, and I think that sometimes I've talked to people and they're like, 2020 just isn't my year. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people can say that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like, I mean, I know it doesn't take away from the fact that you feel like this is a really shitty year for you. And I'm really not trying to invalidate that, but I, I guess I'm always trying to find the positive side of, of things and trying to, I guess, set myself up for success in terms of my mindset. So I'm just like, maybe think of it this way. Like, yeah, it's not your year. It's not any of our years. Like we're going to get through this together. We're going to learn from it. And then we're, we can kick ass when uh, all is said and done. At least that's the hope. So yeah. Statistically speaking, I feel like if you talk to 10 people, probably nine of them had a better 2019 than 2020. The, like some people. The 10th is Jen, Jeff Bezos. He, uh, he had oh, a yeah, Jeff year. Bezos is having a great year. <laughs> He's having a great Just fucking making, year. I mean, didn't he have a d divorce though? Was that, no, that was last year, I think, right? He's probably having a way better Dude, 2020 is fucking, he's killing <laughs> it's, it. It's the year of Jeff. I also just learned that Elon Musk's net worth just went higher than uh, Bill Gates. Oh, really? I don't, I honestly, I need to do some research on that because I don't understand how his you net You make worth a lot is, of bold claims without the information to back it up. Well, I mean, I, I, I read like a, I read like a, who knows? <laughs> to your fake know news, I dude. Exactly. But I, I think this is true. But I don't know where all this net worth comes from because I know like Tesla is a super valuable, SpaceX, I, I just don't. The guy's got so many companies. I need to like figure out where this is all coming from. But I gotta get him to invest in flipping gaming. You think I could do it? You need someone to, or you need him to invest in flipping gaming. Yeah. 
Well, I wonder if that is like a thing or it's going to be a thing about companies investing in like YouTubers and influencers. I mean, there's like sponsorships. That's kind of an investment. Yeah. No, I guess you're, I guess that is like a version of it. I just one of the, my fears is that like at some point YouTubers are going to like sign contracts with like big corporations and it's going to just kind of turn into like YouTube could actually end up just turning into what the big media uh like companies have been in the past like it'll kind of they just like slowly happen but and we won't even realize that it, it gets taken away from us that's one of my fears i don't well, know what'll happen that I mean that has happened i don't know if you've watched the new dave Chappelle uh segment called unforgiven have you seen that i uh what's that from i feel like i did what was that he, from? he was that like it was his, no it was a stand it was just regular stand-up he was talking about how Netflix and HBO now had well not now Netflix took it down but uh they were streaming the Chappelle show oh. and they could do it without his permission mm-hmm. because he signed away his likeness to them when he first started the thing so he he talked about this whole industry and how the artist uh basically you you create this thing and you are the artist that does this or whatever and then these people come to you with these contracts that say all this bullshit and you have to pay somebody to understand that contract for you. And then even with that, um, you know, they might be thinking of their best interest. So them getting you to sign the contract, even though you're paying for them to look out for you, they might be in the best interest of getting you to sign the contract. So it's just like you, you can't, it's almost like you can't trust anybody, but, um, with artists all over, I mean, you can look at the music industry, like these record labels just fucking take people for all they're worth. And, um, and it's a, it's a machine that's, that's really, uh, tough. And I, with the way, with history being that way, I don't see (laughs) I don't see how that doesn't happen with YouTubers. And I mean, you can already see like Twitch has all this DMCA stuff going on right now where uh, now you can't even um, have any copywritten music. Otherwise, you could get banned from Twitch like that. Uh, like they, Jake, uh, Jake and Bake Live or whatever. He does uh, IRL streams, like a stream from like four years ago. Uh, they they removed and said too many more like these and we're banning you. So he has to go through all of his past VODs and see if they're, and it wasn't even him playing music. It was, he does IRL streams. Yeah, so it's like in the background of a store or something. Yeah, exactly. I think about that with some of my vlogs sometimes because like I got uh, a copyright claim one time and I was like, wait, what is this even for? And it's like, yeah, like somehow it picks up the, the music that you have in the background somewhere. You have to be careful of this stuff. That is really frustrating. I hate the music industry. Just sounds brutal. Well, it also sucks too, because so I actually watch. Um, not only am I starting to make gameplay videos, but I also watch gameplay videos on YouTube. And I was watching Spider-Man Miles Morales gameplay, which is why I really want to get it because I'm watching it. It looks incredible. But the the guy who did the walkthrough had to edit out the sound of a bunch of scenes because part of the soundtrack has copywritten music and it's almost like like those laws need to be edited for yes the the world that we live in now because you're taking away because record labels have lost so much money in uh the way that music is now shared with people they are trying to bleed everybody dry in all areas so even if you have a 10 second snippet of a song that they own because they're the record label they will go for everything it's worth so now these youtubers have to do things that take away the quality of their content just because of a 10 second snippet and it's just like Oh, my God. It's so stupid. Well, the big issue with it is that these laws were written far before they knew about any of this stuff. And that makes it extremely frustrating because it, like, it almost has to get really bad before anything gets done about it. And, and, and we're seeing it. It's getting really bad. So things are going to get start to get done about it. But a lot of this stuff is great advertising, and they should actually want it on the right. internet. 
but they don't realize it yet because somehow people still don't get the value of YouTubers and Twitch streamers and stuff. But they still think that like this is somehow less of a big deal because someone can do it out of their home, but they have so much influence. Well, and it's tough too because I think that sometimes artists have tried to come out and be like, no, you can use my song or something like that for, for some people. But in situations where like Dave Chappelle who signed away his likeness to H, you know, to this company that now can stream it uh, in other places without having to ask him uh, about it. Um, these artists who are part of record labels might want to allow people to use their music in situations, but the record label is the one who owns it. So the artist doesn't have a say on whether or not you can, I mean, do you, can you just think of how irrational that sounds like I'm the one who wrote a song, but because I work with a record label, I don't get to say whether or not you get to put it on your video. Like that is ridiculous. That concept. The whole thing is ridiculous. I mean, to be fair to the music industry, I think that things like Spotify, I, I, I love Spotify. I, I have Spotify. I, I think it's a great service, but it, it has made the music industry particularly complicated now because finding money for these artists is a little more difficult. No, I don't think that, I don't even think that's true. I think that the music industry is lazy. I think the music industry wanted it their way. People found out a way to do it that was more, um, uh, I guess, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Approachable for your everyday, like so that anybody could find music and now tons of people across the like a person across the world can find my music through Spotify or whatever and the music industry instead of adapting got pissed and then tried to clamp down on every single thing that they could they were not creative they were lazy they were greedy and now we're in a shit show of of a place and i think that i think that even though like things like Napster, when that stuff came out, it was like, wait, you're taking away the value of music. I think that the approach should have been like, okay, how do we change our approach as an industry? Rather, it was, yes, they, they thought of how to change their approach as an industry, but their thought to change their approach as an industry was like, okay, well, if we can't get money here, let's clamp down here, 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 here on, on the stuff that already exists. That's a good point. That's the lack of innovation. Right. And that's Yeah, That. That actually is a good point because I do think that a lot of times industries, they keep fighting for something that is almost inevitable. Like there is going to be like more jobs are going to be automated in the future. Like regardless of what we say, things are like you're going to go into a grocery store and the whole thing is going to be automated. I believe that that will happen. And instead of like us trying to fight so hard to like keep uh, like what I think my, my grandpa made a comment like he didn't want to use one of the robots to check out at the grocery store. And he wanted like a person to do it. It's like, you know, we could try to, to fight for things to stay the way they are because like that's that's just the way that it's always been. But it's society needs to innovate sometimes. And I, that's why I'm always against this idea of trying to hold on to something when we can do it a better way. Like if we can use robots, okay, that's fine. Other jobs are going to have to be created. So like there is definitely a fear for me with the future of automation. But in this particular instance, yeah, instead of instead of fighting against Napster so hard, they should just realize like, yeah, at some point people aren't going to buy CDs. It's just inevitable. Like we see it. It's happened now. People didn't want to do that anymore. So they're going to buy it online. And the Internet is really hard to regulate. So they should have been able to see that at some point subscription listening was going to be a thing. Mm -hmm. Um and, and, you know, before that, it was buying songs individually. Like, they've they've found ways to innovate. But I just feel like a lot of times companies, they just, like, they'll, they'll fight to keep things the way that they are when they, they know that things are going to be changing. Well, think about this. Like, Disney saw, like, Netflix or whatever, and all the uh, – Netflix is, ha, has all these shows streaming. And so Disney – let's say that Disney is the record label. Disney said, hey – we're taking all of our stuff away from Netflix, and now you can find all of the stuff that you've been streaming on Netflix from our stuff, and you can watch it on Disney+. Plus. Like, what's to say – like, why didn't a record label do that? Why didn't a record label say, hey, every artist that you want to listen to that's part of our label, instead of us crying about Spotify taking that – you can subscribe to our streaming service 
and all of our artists are here. Like, there's so one there innovative go. way to to fucking do it. But no, yeah, they so just right. they just bitched and then took money from all these other places. They didn't they didn't find a new way to make money uh, that that didn't take away from the artists. They they found a way to take more from the artist. I love how we got into this topic. I, like, totally didn't expect it, but I, I, I love this topic because I was talking about this recently. Like, when Disney Plus announced uh, like that it was coming out, I, I had been calling for a while that, well, why doesn't someone do this? Like, this is such a good idea. A big network like Disney has all of this content. Why not just charge a, like a, a subscription fee to have access to it all? You think that big Disney fans won't do it? Disney hit their uh, their goal was to have 60 million subscribers by 2023 or 2024. They already hit that number. Like everyone just went crazy for it. When Bob Iger, the CEO, was asked questions like, "Are you sure that you want to do this? Like, what about um uh I forget what the, the the term is, but basically like having other companies pay for your content." He's like, I think in the long run, we're better off just like knowing our user base by having all, all of these Disney fans. Like, We're going to have all the data on what they listen to. We'll know all of the data or, or what they watch. We'll have all this, this great data on them. I think like in the long run that this is going to be like where the future is going. Disney, why do you think Disney has been so successful? They are incredibly innovative and they are always ahead of the curve. And you're right. The, I guess I never thought of it this way, but the music industry – was lazy because they just kind of fought against Napster. They kind of always have fought against things, and then they are the biggest penny pinchers out there. They're absurd. So, yeah, no, I, I, I actually I agree with you. Yeah, I just think that uh, they're kind of just slow to the draw, and um, and it's tough. It's uh, I think it takes away the power from from the artists and those are the ones that I think should have the power. Cause it's, it's kind of like, like I love what the NBA has done where like LeBron has innovated the league where it's like the players who are what bring fans to the stadium. Uh, I feel like should be more in control of their fate. Uh, like I don't think that owners and execs should be in control of, of players. Um, and, I like the idea of of people being um, in charge of their own uh, destiny within the things that they make or do or entertain with or whatever. So it's I just wish you saw that a little more. Yeah, people are so afraid of innovation. Like whenever whenever they see something that goes against the traditions in which they've known, they're always quick to fight back and, and push against it. But oftentimes those those people like LeBron James or those companies like Disney, they're the ones that end up doing a lot of good. So I, I think that's that's interesting that humans humans love holding on to, tr- to traditions a lot, like Thanksgiving, you know, like the time we're recording today. We, we hold on to our traditions. Yeah, uh, that is true. And, and I think... To our fault. Yes. I think it definitely can be to the fault because it's just like you have to have the uh, ability to remain open-minded. We talked about this with just... Uh, listening to music, you I think you asked me uh, a few weeks ago or whatever about um, how I listen to music and stuff, and I told you how I I don't really have, like, go-tos, really. I'm always uh, doing my, like, Discover Weekly playlist, and then I'll, like, take music and put it on my Feeling It playlist, and I'm always finding new artists. And part of the reason that I do that is I don't want to become a closed-minded uh, music enjoyer. Like, I don't want to be a person who 20 years down the road is like, oh, Music hasn't been good since the 2010s, you know? <laughs> I don't want to be that person. I want to yeah. be the person who's always, like, evolving my music tastes, is always, like, hearing new sounds and and uh, aesthetics uh, musically that I'm like, wow, I I really appreciate what's happening now. And uh, so there, there's an effort for me to do that. And I, I think, I mean, obviously I do it, but I think that philosophically speaking about this stuff, I think that's the right way to go. I think that trying to be open-minded to new stuff um and and not being set in your ways is uh it's it's kind of what leads you to um evolving with the times rather than getting left behind in terms of the uh the remember how we, we talked about things that we were thankful for is there anything in particular in 2020 that's just really grinding your gears um grinding my gears i mean the thing that i'm 
I know that this I'm I'm going to take the pandemic and and contextualize it to something very specific to me. It really sucks that and we've talked about this already in the podcast, but it sucks that I moved to Chicago in February and then this happened because I Chicago has been a place that I like I remember I did in in uh fourth grade we had to do like a state report and i remember i wanted to do a state report on chicago until my teacher told me that chicago's not a state it's a city in illinois so i ended up doing a state report on illinois but like i remember for whatever reason like doing research on chicago in fourth grade and being like "Ooh, this place is really cool like thinking about the possibility of moving there and then when i was 21 i took uh, a mega bus. Uh, I was taking a mega bus up to Minnesota, and we had a, a layover in Chicago. And I had like three hours to kill. And I walked around the city at like eleven o'clock at night, and just that skyline, the Chicago skyline, the river that runs through the middle of it, was just like so gorgeous. And I just had this energy in me, this feeling like I belonged here. And so that built up, and then kind of. Not only giving up on that idea, but also giving up on the idea of pursuing or prioritizing my creative endeavors um, because I was now becoming an adult uh, kind of happened. And I didn't think that it was a legitimate possibility. And then we started this podcast. And when this podcast started, things became more uh, clear to me that it was important for me to prioritize this stuff. But then it also became clear to me that, wait, my podcast co-host lives in Chicago wouldn't it make sense for me to go back to prioritizing the things I love to do in life and go to the place that I kind of always wanted to go to? So I had all this buildup. I got here super pumped for the first month and a half and then locked down. Yeah. So that's that's what I would say is the biggest disappointment um, of the year for me. What about for you? Uh, biggest disappointment of the year is that I had more faith in humans until I've I witnessed how they have acted in 2020. I think I'm just I'm just disappointed that we have something like the pandemic happen and it's completely divided the country. Like it, it it's one of those things where it could either unite or divide whenever you have a, a tragedy. Like I feel like after 9/11, it kind of felt like the country was more united. Afterward, I really feel like this whole pandemic has just done nothing but divide the country and also like point out to me how selfish humans are. So I think that's really been the most heartbreaking, frustrating, frustrating part for me to cope with is just like, yes, there's lots of good people, but I've never realized how selfish people were to just like not care about the people around them. Like just, Oh, wear a mask. It seems like it's the one thing that you can do to protect people. Don't people still don't wear a mask. Uh, just arguing about uh, politics to no end, but not actually listening to the other people at all. Just the people who are protesting something, the people who hate all the protesters for just protesting even when it's peaceful. I just, I have a lot of issues with what I've seen humans do in 2020. Not everybody, but just as a whole, I guess I expected more of everyone, and I'm disappointed that things have gone the way that they've gone yeah no that's a good point i and that was that's definitely been disappointing for me as well i and i think i don't know i just hope that there is a lot that we learn from and grow from as a society uh from this situation um do i have faith that that actually is going to happen um i I think i've been losing that more and more (laughs) i've definitely been losing that um I, I think we will. Like, I, don't get me wrong. I think that we will, but I've lost it, like, over time. Like, I, I think, like, it's been, a, it's been a gradual decline. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I say I think we're getting kind of towards the end of the episode, and I would hate to end oh, on Oh, yeah, we're not, we're not ending on, on, on the disappointment. Let's, let's talk about uh, things that we are thankful for regarding each other. Thank, okay. <laughs> Things that we are thankful for regarding each other. Okay, let's think. I am thankful. um, (laughs) Do you have something? (laughs) Dude, I I could come up with them all day. All right, let's hear it. Okay. I am thankful that you moved to Chicago. (laughs) 
I'm keeping it. I'm keeping it real, real broad with the first one. Just okay. to get started here. Okay. Uh, my turn yeah, now. We, we go back and forth. Rapid, I am thankful speed. that you live in Chicago. <laughs> Perfect. I am thankful that when you wear that this attire, specifically this jacket, you kind of feel like baseball coach. You kind of feel like a dad. And Dude, sometimes been, that's kind of comforting. I've been uh, having crazy dad vibes lately. I think <laughs> crazy dad vibes lately. I I uh, am thankful for you wearing um, that gray jacket because it's snazzy. Thank you. I am uh, I am thankful that I have a content creator in the city of Chicago with me, who I can regularly just hang out and like, have a good time with, but I can also do content with. This is basically just I'm thankful for you living in Chicago in a different way. Okay, I'll, I'll give you some other ones, too. <laughs> okay. I am thankful uh, that even though I don't get to see my family for Thanksgiving, I am thankful to have uh, someone I really care about and appreciate uh, to celebrate Thanksgiving with uh, in you. Uh, I am thankful that when I felt like I was dying uh, recently that – you were you were in like close proximity. So if I actually was dying, at least you were nearby. <laughs> I thought maybe you was gonna say like you were really supportive. Or... You were really supportive. My... <laughs> <laughs> but no, I was just thankful that I was around. So it was another version of I was thankful that you moved to Chicago. <laughs> Is there anything else that you're thankful of with me? Yeah, I'm actually really thankful that uh, when I need advice on something that. Not only can I get it over the phone, but I can also get it here because you live in Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) Motherfucker, dude. (laughs) Fucking. I mean, everything. Everything is gonna kind of be somewhere around the fact that yeah, that you're here in Chicago. What What do you want me to say? I'm thankful for the fact that your hair, when it gets a little bit long, it curls up a little bit. What? I don't know. Are you thankful for that? I don't know. I don't think so. Well, I don't want you to make shit up, but I would think that maybe you're thankful for some of the qualities that I present in your life or some of the things that I do for you other than just living in a close proximal reach. I'm thankful that sometimes you'll do something ridiculous for the sake of comedy and it can make even uh, a lousy moment a little better. There we go. Look at that. I appreciate that. Uh, okay, I'll end on one. Uh, I am thankful that um, I am thankful that uh, you believe in me, um, even in times where either uh, other uh, people within my support system might have their doubts or might not understand me or what I'm doing. I think that uh, you uh, do a really good job of trying to understand where I'm coming from and what I want. And uh, even if you might not agree with me, you at least have that willingness to to listen to it and uh, see my perspective. Um, and uh, that makes me feel warm and fuzzy. Okay, well then I'm going to take one more then because that, ma- that reminds me of something. I am thankful that you, uh, that I feel like you understand what is important to me because I feel like that's oftentimes difficult. Uh, kind of in the same way as you said, like you believe in me, you understand what's important to me. I don't have to like, uh, like defend the things that I'm doing. Just like you're very open minded to that, and that is extremely, it's extremely great quality to have in a friend and in a podcast co-host. Anyways. Are we about to kiss? No. <laughs> Damn it. That's almost exactly the same as in the opener. I tried to, to imitate myself again. What about final thoughts? Remember how we used to always do final thoughts? I do remember that. My final thoughts are that I'm thankful we live in Chicago. I am also thankful uh, that we live in Chicago. Dope. All right, awesome. Thank you guys so much <laughs> for listening to this episode of the Everything Must Go podcast. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, if you have any thoughts, comments, or questions, be sure to email us, emgpod at gmail.com, or you can call us and leave us a voicemail, 513-427-EMG5. That is the number, right? I, for, 
513-427-EMG5. Okay, we got it right. Yeah. We did get it right. Okay. It's been it, a while. It, it's been like a few weeks since we did this. I didn't think that I had it right because it's been so long. But anyways, you could do that. Uh, we'd love to hear your voice. And if you're cool with it, we can play it on air as well. Uh, if you want to reach out to us via social media, the podcast is at EMGPod on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Brandon J. Flippin. He is at Stephen Russell B. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you next time. Take it easy, everybody. Have a great Thanksgiving. Woo! Yeah, woo!